God, I thank you that you are here with us this morning. And I um, am aware, Lord, of all those who are not here with us today. And we just ask your, um, your blessing on them, Lord, whatever they're doing on this Sunday morning and wherever they are. God, we um, pray that they might too sense your presence with them, God, as we gather here to worship you. Lord, may we sense your presence with us. We want to honor you, God, today and to express our love for you. So we thank you, God, for this opportunity to gather and pray your blessing on um, this word you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a quietly consistent and steadfast gift throughout my life has been, been being taught how to worship God, which I was, you know, when you actually think about, like, Wow, for three decades of my life, I've been learning about how to worship God. It's kind of like this interesting thing to think about when you're like, do normal people <laughs> have this experience? But I'd like to share some of that story with you this morning of like how I have come throughout my life to learn about how to worship God. And my first memories come from singing songs um, on Wednesday nights at Adventure Club, where we like... My dad and mom led the music. My dad played guitar. Every once in a while, he'd get really jazzed up, and he'd, like, kick out a heel, and then he'd kick out the other heel, like, while still playing. It was so funny. Um, and there, there were, of course, to all the songs corresponding actions, so we would do actions, like, with all of the songs. Um, and I learned, and I was taught, that worshiping our God was fun. Like, it was just fun. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and it was just... Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was good to do together. I was also taught that worship was patterned, like weekly. We went to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, and daily, prayer before school, and then prayer before bed at night. God was to be thanked for food, for family, for a hard day's work. And God understood when I felt scared or sad. I learned that too. I was also taught that worshiping our God is a creative endeavor, that it's better, like it's more fun, more engaging. My, my parents taught me if you worship with an instrument in your hands, um, or in my case, at my fingertips, because I learned how to play piano. So worshiping God is something that you can bring yourself to, that you can actually like be a participant in. And I was taught at Bible camp that worshiping our God could be looked forward to, like you could actually want to go, <laughs> that it could involve jumping up and down, that um, it could involve laughing and crying with friends, that it could involve taking a risk. Um, at my church that I grew up in, part of our uh, weekly service each week was called Praise and Blessing Time. And so people would get up and there would be, sometimes it was long, <laughs> because sometimes people had a lot to say <laughs> what they were thankful for. And um, so people could get up and tell a story into the microphone about something that they wanted to give God thanks for that week. And I was taught that we all have stories to offer of praise to God. And some of those stories came out of heartbreak, um, but yet people were giving thanks. Some of the stories came out of faithful prayer and people just wanted to say like, I've really been praying about this or I've been doing this thing and this is what God has done but all came out of response to God's grace and the movement of God's grace in people's lives. And I learned 
that one person's praise quickly can become like our shared praise to God. That praise multiplies, that your reason to praise quickly becomes my reason to praise and vice versa. Um, as a teenager one summer, my neighborhood friends and I would play Ghost in the Graveyard. Anybody play Ghost in the Graveyard? It's so fun. At my friend's house. My friend Amber, she had a barn at her house. Um, and there were so many good hiding spots in the barn. And we would all dress in black and get together at night. Um, so as better to hide in the shadows, you know, feeling deliciously scared, um, playing in the dark on a cool summer's night. And sometimes after I was tired of running and tired of the chase of Ghost in the Graveyard, I would hide in the shadow of the ditch because it's actually, it's really hard to see in the shadows. So if you were dressed in black and just like laid down <laughs> in a dark shadow, it was really hard for anybody to see you unless they like came walking really close. So sometimes I would just lay down <laughs> in the shadow of the ditch and uh, look up at the stars and it was always awesome because we're like out in the middle of nowhere. I grew up on the country by the farm. So there would just be tons and tons of stars. And I would just like look with wonder at these like thick stars in the sky. And I learned that worshiping God, worshiping our God doesn't require one word or not even a sound. It doesn't require like a building in a place. It doesn't require anything. You can just lay down outside in the ditch. <laughs> and that too can be worship. Um, in college, I took up running and learned that my body too could be an instrument in worship. I would run on this little treadmill in the listener uh, dorm room where I lived, and I would huff and puff. And breathing in, I would think to myself, this is how I would like get going in the morning. Um, in you, I live and move, and then breathe out and have my being. And that too became like a form of worship for me too, just running, just running. So I could go on and on. That's just like part of my story up until the college years of how I've learned to worship God. But I won't like, I won't tell that story all day long today. Um, but however, I will repeat that a quietly consistent and steadfast gift throughout my life has been being taught and discovering how to worship God. And I'm still learning and exploring and discovering how to worship. And God is still God, delighting in the praises of his people, in your praises and in mine and in ours. And God is still teaching us to be a people who know how to and do worship. For in worship, we get to express and embody our love for God. So that's why it's like when we gather together on a little Sunday morning like this, it's like, oh, there's just... There's just a few of us here, but it doesn't matter because we get to express today as individuals and together our love for God. We get to express and embody that together. And in our story today from scripture in 2 Samuel, God has chosen a new king for his people. So this is significant because prior to this, the people of Israel had a king named King Saul. And the Jesus Storybook Bible says, he seemed like a good king, this King Saul. But he became proud, and he stopped listening to God. He didn't obey God or love God with his whole heart. Hmm. So that about sums up King Saul. Not good. How would a king like that help God's people learn to worship and love God alone? 
And if God's own people didn't learn to love and be loved by God, how would all of their neighbors and the nations around them come to know and experience the love of God? So God decided to choose a new king for his people, King David, a man after God's own heart who would establish a people who knew how to worship God. This was really important. And not just for their own sake, but for the sake of those around them, that they might be a light to the nations, proclaiming and demonstrating the life and the love that was to be found in following Yahweh, their God. So in 2 Samuel chapter 6, it tells us that the new King David and all of the people of Israel celebrated before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments. And King David would later write many poems, like poem prayers and songs that were included in what we now have as the book of Psalms a book of prayer and worship for God's people, a book that we pray and sing from every Sunday here at Abbey Way, like we did today. Doing stomping, doing whistling, all the random stuff with our own voices. Um, For we too are people who have experienced the love of God, just like the people of Israel. And we have experienced that expressed and embodied through King David's great, 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 great grandson, King Jesus. I don't know how many actual greats there are in there, but there was a lot. Um, King Jesus. Jesus came from this kid, the good king, King David. And we too are a people who, like the the people of Israel who worshipped God, we too are a people who have been found when we strayed away. We are a people who have been forgiven when we've missed the mark, who have been welcomed home again after we've ran away, because the people of Israel had a real hard time. Over and over again, they kind of like do their own thing and then come back. And we are a people too who God, who is God has asked to dance with us when our hearts had grown stiff and unfeeling and hiding in the corner. God says, oh come, come with me. We're not done yet. And we too have received so many good gifts from God and we are called to worship, called to praise God. And Esther DeWall in her book, um, Lost in Wonder, she writes, We cannot simply be receptive. All these good things that we've received, all these good things, they are meant for sharing. And they remind us that we are caught up in a movement of both giving and receiving. And that, of course, brings us back to the response of gratitude and thanksgiving and the pattern of daily praise into which we should be rightly caught up. I wonder sometimes, for me and for us, If sometimes we fail to praise because we fail to see, we have this value, our new value of seeing, you know, seeing, listening, responding, asking. I think sometimes we fail to praise because we fail to see. We fail to see with wonder and delight in the midst of the rush and the hustle. We fail to notice how God is loving us today, not just in the past, but today. Sometimes we fail to pay attention and give Thanks for those unforced rhythms of grace and the patterns of grace into which we are woven and secured by God. It is all too easy to lose sight. So today, this is my one point for you, and this is my last paragraph, okay? So, the point is to look around. Look back in life, look ahead in life. Look within, especially look within. What do you see there? You know, what do we see in our lives 
that God has done, that God will do, do you think, what God is doing? Or maybe we don't, maybe we don't see God in that, and we've got to ask, God, where were you in this? Where, do you, where are you going to be up here, ahead? Where are you right now? And then, as Pastor Jan says, we pray as we can and not as we can't. And I'll add for our theme of worship today that we worship God as we can and not as we can't. Yet we do pray, and yet we do worship. For we know that the Lord is God, that it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. From Psalm 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Yes, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let's pray. Each thing we have received from you, it came, O God. Each thing for which we hope, from your love, it will come. Each thing we enjoy, it is of your bounty. Each day, may we remember the source of mercies you have bestowed on us gently and generously. Each day, may we be fuller in love with you. Amen. <laughs>